it is time for us to summarize episodes 22 through 28. So let's go back. Let's look at a few of these topics that we talked about. Again, we will not be able to go into all the depth. You're always welcome to go back and look at the other episodes in their entirety. But let's spend a few minutes trying to go over and come up with a good synopsis of these seven episodes. So episode 22 was entitled Blessings and Death. It covered Genesis 49 through 50. One of my absolute favorite things in episode 22 was this idea of the blessing of Jacob to his children. And you'll remember that Reuben gets overlooked in the blessing. Simeon and Levi get overlooked in the blessing. Reuben, because he slept with his father's concubine. Simeon and Levi, because of the wickedness that they did in Genesis 34, where they killed all the men of Shechem. And also remember this neat little thing. I suppose it's neat, not so neat for Simeon or Levi, but this neat little thing in verse seven that said, I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. That's going to come about to be a reality in the book of Joshua when they are scattered or not scattered, but when they are uh, given their portion of inheritance in the promised land. And then the blessing comes to the fourth son, Judah, and it is this beautiful prophecy of Christ. And it says the scepter, because we know that through the line of Judah comes the king. This scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until tribute comes to him and to him shall be the obedience of all the peoples and then binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. So he's going to become king, and there will be, he through the line of Judah will become a king who all the peoples will bow down to him, all the peoples will see him and honor him. And that's still quite a ways away before there's even a king in Judah. And so that was really, really a neat thing to see there. Uh, one of the things that we noted from chapter 50 was that the brothers of of Joseph now that their dad is dead are really worried that Joseph's going to put them to death for having sold him into slavery all those years earlier and what does he say he says to them do not fear for am i in the place of god what you meant for evil this is genesis 50:20 what you meant for evil god it meant it for good to bring about the saving of many lives and i just told you like what a beautiful thing that is because the book of acts tells us that the book of Acts tells us that Jesus was handed over into the hands of wicked men. It was their hour, the power of darkness. They thought they were doing wickedness to Jesus. And yet in his death, he did good, bringing about the saving of many lives. And so that was such a beautiful picture because let's be honest, the Bible points to and reveals Jesus. The Bible helps us to better know and understand who Christ is. And so we, we need to be careful that when we're reading the scripture, we're not just Okay, we, we have to be careful that we're not allegorizing the text and trying to make everything be something, right? Uh, a purple rug is sometimes a purple rug. But there are so many things that Christ is the core of what we believe. Christ is the core of the truth. And so we need to be careful to look for these things and see how it points to Jesus. So episode 23, Exodus 1 and 2, and we pick up about 333 years later. And here we are now with the birth of Moses. Moses is going to be born into Egypt, and the Egyptian Pharaoh is trying to put to death all the Hebrew children. He has, he has made this kind of command, first of all, that the midwives kill all the Hebrew males. They don't do that. God blesses them for not doing that, for not putting the Hebrews to death. And then 
Pharaoh decides, well, let's throw them all in the Nile, throw all the male children into the Nile. Moses is hidden for three months, and then he grows up. Now, this is where we got into a lot of other kind of stuff. And based on Acts chapter 7, 23 through 29, based on Hebrews 11, 23 through 26, one of the things that we came to know and to find out was that when Moses was about 40 years old, he quit being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He began to be ill-treated along with the people of Israel. He began to endure, endure the servitude that they were enduring. And in so doing, he killed an Egyptian who was abusing a Hebrew person. Moses believed that that the people would understand that God had sent him to be their deliverer, but they did not believe it. They didn't understand it. They didn't comprehend it. When he realizes that this murder of this Egyptian has been found out by Pharaoh, he flees and he goes and he hides. But at 40 years old, Moses already knew that God had sent him to be the deliverer of the people. And that's just something that we don't, we don't really get taught or we don't really see that kind of full picture of it there in, in Exodus 2. So we have to bring in Acts 7 and Hebrews chapter 11 to make that picture full. And then we see at the end of chapter 2 that God hears the groaning of the people of Israel and he sees them with compassion. He is compassionate towards them. Uh, episode 24 is the burning bush. That's Exodus 3. It is a very common story for us. One that if you grew up in church, you've probably heard a lot of time. One that, I'll be honest with you, the Prince of Egypt, artistically, I'm an, I, I love art, I love color. Artistically, the Prince of Egypt, beautiful. And the burning bush moment was a really cool moment in that, in that uh, movie. And so the burning bush has been done for us. We've seen it, we've pictured it, we've envisioned what that might be like. And then God speaks to him and says, take the sandals off your feet. The place you're standing is holy ground. Similarly to what Joshua experiences in Joshua chapter five. And he says, the cry of my people has come up before me. I've heard their cry. And he says, who are you? He says, I am who I am. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this is such a significant thing because when he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that points to the resurrection from the dead. It is something that is quoted for us in the New Testament by Jesus. We see it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and all of these places point to that. So it's it's Matthew 22, it's Mark 12, 26. When he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this is also something that will be repeated for us throughout the 40-year wilderness journey. And also later in some of the prophets, this idea that God is keeping his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because as we already know, Israel will be pretty stubborn in their following of God. So let's come over here. Let's look at chapter, or sorry, episode 25, which is Exodus 4. And Moses says, you know, I'm not really good at speaking. I'm not really great at that. How are the people going to believe me? And I love what God says to him in verse 11. He says, who made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? I think we talked a little bit about how in John 9, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but so that the works of God could be displayed in him, so that the glory of God could be displayed in him. And so Moses, feeling like he's not an eloquent speaker, God's going to use him anyway. And that's really beautiful. I love it. It makes me think a little bit of 2 Corinthians 12, where Paul says, I will most gladly boast in my weakness, for in my weakness, Christ is strong. And so so he's like, God's like, Moses, you're fine. I got you, man. And so he gives him a couple of signs, says, throw down the staff, it'll turn into a snake, put your hand into your coat, it'll become leprous, put it back in, it'll become whole, dump water out on the ground, it'll turn to blood, and the Jews will believe you when they see these signs. And, and so when we get down here to the very end, it says that Moses did all the signs in the sight of the people, 
And the people believed when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. And so this is one of those things where Moses does the signs in front of the people. They hear that God is sympathetic to their position and they rejoice and they worship in God. And now this is wanting to lag a little bit. There we go. And so now we're going to get into episode 26, the persecution and the promise. This one always gets me. This one is always a little bit interesting to me because you'll remember that in chapter four, the Israelites see the signs of Moses. They hear that God is ready to deliver them and they are greatly encouraged. They're greatly excited. And then what happens? Pharaoh makes their slavery more difficult. And now they're like, Moses, leave us alone. You're making this really difficult for us. You're making it hard for us. Pharaoh hates us now. And now we're being treated wickedly. And, and it's such an interesting concept to me because they have accepted when Moses came to them in chapter four, they've accepted that God is going to rescue them and deliver them. And then because it didn't happen in the first week, they become content rather to stay in Egypt. They become content in their servitude. And now they're mad at Moses and Aaron. And they say this, um, let me find it here. They come down here, they find Moses. This is chapter five, verse 20. They find Moses and Aaron who were waiting for them as they came out from Pharaoh. And they said, the Lord look on you and judge you. You've made us stink in the eyes of Pharaoh and his servants. You've put a sword in their hand to kill us. Moses and Aaron are there to deliver them by the power of God. And they're mad at Aaron and Moses that now their slave masters are a little bit meaner to them. Like they're about to be set free from slavery, but they can't get past that. And in fact, they're so discouraged from that, that they will be unable to hear the words of the Lord. The Bible says in chapter six, verse nine, as Moses encourages them that God is going to deliver them. It says, Moses spoke to the people of the deliverance of God, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and their harsh slavery. And I, I wanted to remind you, I, I told you in this episode, I want to remind you now, that God is good and God is gracious and God is powerful, but sometimes our own discouragement and our own kind of misunderstandings about what God's going to do or how he's going to do it will cause us to miss what God is actually doing. So, so be careful that you don't let your discouragement keep you from experiencing the beauty and the grace of God. Let's come over here to episode 27 and let's look again now at Exodus 7 and 8 and this hard heart and the plagues. Now, one of the things we talked about is there are two Hebrew words used for hard heart. It's not a perfect split between Pharaoh and God, but it's kind of split. And the implication here is that Pharaoh made his heart heavy against God. That's kind of the language. He set his heart against God. And then when it says God hardened his Pharaoh's heart, a lot of times, not every time, it is the idea that God strengthened Pharaoh's heart. So Pharaoh set his heart against God and God strengthened that resolve. And we see that idea for us in the New Testament in 2 Thessalonians 2, that there are people who deny Christ, deny what God has done through Christ. They set their heart against God and then God says, okay, I'll hand you over to that hard heart. And that's basically what's happening with Pharaoh. Pharaoh wasn't trying to honor God, wasn't trying to please God. He set his heart against God and God was like, okay, I can use this. And so God is going to rain down plagues on them. He's going to bring plagues on Pharaoh. And he introduces a couple of plagues. We see here the first plague was the water turned into blood. But you might remember that the first three plagues, the magicians were also able to do. So they're able to do these things. Well, they're able to do the, the staff. Sorry, they're able to do the staff. 
uh, turning into a snake. They're able to do the blood. They're able to do the frogs. And then after that, they're not able to do it anymore. And it doesn't take very long before the magicians tell Pharaoh, this is God doing this. We don't know how this is happening. We can't do this anymore. But Pharaoh hardens his heart and he resists the very will of God. Why? Look, God had already told Moses before Moses ever left the mountain where the burning bush was. God at Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb. Before Moses ever left and came back to Egypt, God already told him, Pharaoh's going to harden his heart. Pharaoh will not listen to you. Pharaoh is going to resist it. And I am going to get glory over Pharaoh so that my name and my glory will be displayed in the earth. So that's what's happening here. God already knew that that was going to happen. And this is now playing out that Pharaoh will not listen to his servants. One of the things that we noticed with the fourth plague of flies is that God made a distinction between the land of Goshen where the Israelites lived and the rest of the lands of Egypt. And so God makes a distinction and most of the rest of the plagues will be that way. Anything that would cause the people to be sick, anything that would cause their animals to die, the plague of darkness, God makes a distinction between Egypt and the people of Israel. And so what what's befalling the Egyptians does not befall the people of Israel. And that kind of made us think back to Genesis chapter 18, where Abraham was saying, won't the judge of all the earth do what is just? Surely, surely you won't destroy the righteous with the wicked. And God tells Abraham that, no, I'm not going to destroy the righteous with the wicked. And so God makes a distinction between his people and Egypt to show that he is God. And so that brings us over here to chapter, or sorry, I keep saying that, episode 28, which was uh, Exodus 9 through 10, and we call that even more plagues. We have even more plagues here that are unfolding. And again, God is making a distinction between the people. And so what are these plagues? Well, there was, there was a severe plague upon the livestock. That was the fifth plague. It kills all the animals. The sixth plague was boils upon the men. The magicians at this point, who we hadn't seen in a couple of plagues, the magicians couldn't even stand before Moses. And all of the magicians... Are, are like miserable now before Moses. And then the seventh plague was the plague of hell. We, we have a couple of things here. What, what is it that is interesting is this. It says, I will send all of my plagues on you for by now I could have put my hand out and struck you and the people with pestilence and you would have been cut off from the earth. But for this purpose, so this is, this is Exodus, let's see here, Exodus 9 and it's verse 16. For this purpose, I have raised you up to show my power that my, na my name would be proclaimed in all the earth. And we talked about how 40 years later, Rahab is still talking about what God has done. 396 years later, in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, the Philistines are still talking about what God had done. God wanted his name to be proclaimed in the earth, and he got victory over uh, the Egyptians, and his name was proclaimed in the whole earth. And so God is going to get victory. He's going to say here in chapter 10, uh, there's one more plague to come, and it will be the plague of the Passover of the firstborn. But you know what? We will summarize that next time. This was episodes 22 through 28. A little bit of a summary for you, a little bit of a synopsis in case you missed anything or just needed a refresher. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. Go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you want to go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool. Not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this. 
and we'll see you again tomorrow.